12-step spiritual recovery is recovery for all. It originated here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, the 12 steps are been used by over 100 fellowships out there from alcoholics, addicts, as you know, and uh, gamblers, sex addicts, overeaters, compulsive eaters. Uh, just it runs a gamut. But this is the first of my knowledge where the 12 steps are being used for anyone who wants to come harness these tools. Uh, maybe you're sitting around and uh, you got you've said to yourself, there's got to be more to life than this. My life is not supposed to be this way. Well, <clears throat> come uh, come try these tools. The uh, book that accompanies it is 12-Step Spiritual Recovery by James Christopher Cohn. You can find that on Amazon. The It's based on the same 12 steps that were in the Alcoholics Anonymous big book, but a lot of things that I know today are, uh, that I've been taught are what might be called tribal knowledge. And... Uh, the, the, the work around the 12 steps has expanded since the original book in 1939 and Christopher has done his best uh, with his 40 years of, of practice in this program to uh, put that tribal knowledge into words and 12stepspiritualrecovery.com you can join us on Zoom uh, from anywhere in the world the meeting schedule is there and a little more about 12 step spiritual recovery uh, can be found there 12-step spiritual recovery, recovery for all. Hey everyone, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast, coming to you from my home here that I call DTM Enterprises. Um, you know, we've been bringing in some guests. Well, let me start here. If you uh, if you're just coming upon this podcast, it's primarily 12-step recovery based. Um, I'll just stop there because I want to keep the time. Um, and what we've been doing lately now is uh, I've been having some guests come in and talk about other things you can do because that's the the thing is you, once you get that monkey off your back, it's what do I do next? Mm-hmm. And and how do I keep that flow coming into my life, uh, the flow of goodness and fun and joy? And, uh, and then also, you know, which also helps me go through the the not so good times when I when they in, in, inevitably come. Uh, so I've got uh, the guests of the Inner Bloom podcast with me today, uh, Am- Ambrosia and Alexa. Why don't you say hi each? Hello. Hi. Thank you for letting us be here. You're very welcome. I'm uh, I'm, I'm glad. You, I, I, I want to take a couple months off from podcasting, so I'll put that out into the universe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, guests just started flowing in out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I know it. I love how that uh how that happens. I, I put out new, I put out new, uh, new content every Sunday. And for the most part through the year, I just do it as a, just in time, I'll do a podcast one week and release it, but I'm banking a few here now. So tell me about the, what, what, what the inner boom podcast is about. And, uh, and I know you've got things going on besides just a podcast too. Yeah. Alexa, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, Ambrosia and I met about a little over five years ago now, actually, ironically, I was hosting another podcast and she was someone I was interviewing. And it was a really interesting connection. The moment that we met, we just could not stop talking. We like, I, my husband and I traveled from Philadelphia to Virginia to go stay at her house, like three weeks after we met, you know, everyone thought (laughs) we were crazy, but we just had this knowing that we had known each other on, you know, a deeper level and that we, we had a very strong attraction to like spending time together, talking, developing something together. And 
the reason for that is because the subject matter of what we were talking about was um, spirituality and concepts beyond which I'd say the majority of people consider to be, quote, normal. And it was such a healing experience for us to be able to relate and feel like we had a safe space to talk to each other about all of these things. And it brought out the best sides of us. So after recognizing that in our connection, we were like, well, there must be so many other people out there who feel the same way, who feel like they can't talk about these things, who feel like they're weird, who feel like maybe something's wrong with them or something. And talk about the woo woo kind of things. mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And it's Um, too, as we, I don't know about the way you were brought up, but you know, uh, it was considered, you know, it was, it was, it was looked down upon and people who did it were weirdos and, uh, and whether if I believe that or not, that's what it was taught to me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's still kind of taught that way. And I think it's also, even if you just want to go beyond the woo woo, it's like, it's almost like we're taught to ignore our own intuition about who we are and what we want as individuals and what we feel we want to express as individuals. It's almost as if, I mean, as soon as you go into the school system, it's like, um, none of that, none of what you want or feel really matters. What matters is what we're teaching you and what you can remember and spit back at us. And I think that's why so many of us now are spending so much time kind of trying to re-find ourselves and rediscover ourselves. And anyway, so Ambrosia and I, we decided to start this podcast called Inner Bloom Podcast. And that was five years ago and 600 something episodes later, um, we're still doing it. And um, yeah, Ambrosia, do you want to, do you have anything you want to add? Um. The only thing I want to add is that I feel like one of the biggest things was to allow people to feel included and allow people to to not feel alone. And I think that that's something that we all can relate to, no matter what your beliefs are, is this feeling of isolation and this feeling of being alone. And it's nice when you have like that's the the one of the great things of church right or organized religion is you have a community around you and so that's what we wanted to um embody and not a church but a community of people that were like-minded and that had um similar views and we've achieved that so it's great yeah, it is. You know, that's exactly what we do. I mean, it's the same thing in 12-step recovery. It's just, uh, but the, and we, we actually have a little program here in Louisville. My sponsor started and with my assistance where we're offering the 12 steps to people who don't drink and drug and don't have the problems mm-hmm. because they, just like you're talking about, there are people out there looking for that or, yeah. you know, secretly wanting that. You know, I don't know that they can even look for it because uh, they might be thinking they're looking for something that doesn't exist. Yeah. And uh, what you're doing is putting that out there. And uh, and and uh, that's really cool. That's because uh, everybody we call it systems and institutions. I say it stepped on my spirit as I grew up. I was born perfect. And then I started, you know, going into the systems and institutions of the world. Mm-hmm. And I got really confused about who I was. Mm-hmm. And and that led me to doping booze, you know, because that yeah. was a place where I could find this community that I was looking for. It's just the mm-hmm. wrong one, you know. And the fact of the matter was, it was a lot of fun for a lot of years until it wasn't anymore. Yeah, know? yeah. So uh, y'all see. must be rocking the podcast episodes. I've been going five years, and I have half as many as you do. 
well, we've recorded like three times a week for a little yeah, bit yeah. and now we record twice a week so yeah and we're probably moving down to one honestly yeah. because we we had energy <laughs> back lot. then now now first at first ambi just had kids and now i also have kids and it's five years okay. later and we're just you know but that being said i mean i think what you're talking about with like recovery and with addiction and, and like the 12 step program i mean i think i think all of first of all i think it's amazing that something like the 12 step program exists for people or something something like aa exists for people because i think what it's revealing the more time goes on everything's okay I sorry just guys it was just a blink <laughs> okay yeah it didn't, it didn't even stop okay great um I think what that's revealing to us is that the most healing and powerful thing is community and connection and recognition and yeah. vulnerability. And when we feel as Ambrosia, you were talking about earlier, isolated, whether it's in our experiences or our views or our perceptions of ourselves or the world, whatever it is, that's when we turn to something that will help us escape our bodies or, you know, numb out because it's just so hard to not be yourself in this world. It's painful. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's why Ambrosia and I, our biggest thing with our podcast and our podcast community is helping you connect with yourself on a deeper level, but also helping you connect more with your intuition because your intuition is that little voice that talks to you and tells you, Hey, go check this out. You know, it, for example, if you've been feeling stuck in your life and there's this little voice, that's like, Hey, maybe you should go to this painting class. And you're mm -hmm. like, why would I do that? I don't paint. And that's weird. And you know, there, there's the, the, the mind that will get in the way and be like, I, I don't want to do that. But that intuition is trying to nudge you in the direction of your heart and your your soul. And it, it's trying to lead you there through the path of least resistance. And so the easier you can just listen and trust that voice, the easier it is that I think you'll find what you're looking for. You'll find the community that's waiting for you. You'll find all the things you're asking for. It's just that, again, I think we're so often taught to strengthen the mind and not strengthen the intuitive connection yep definitely uh it was you know uh i, I kind of 12 steps tricked me into stopping the dope but what it gave me was ideas like that i have a very i guess you could say progressive sponsor mm -hmm. and, uh, and i heard a guy that this this little saying has been stuck in my head the last few days was uh on a podcast the other day, so uh, wisdom is the ability to obey your conscience, you know, your and your not your conscience, like from a your, just like you're talking about your intuition, your spirit, mm -hmm. your soul, and actually follow that lead that comes because it will tell you what to do if you can get tuned in and listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, that's kind of fundamental are. right and wrong thing. You know what you're not supposed to be doing and what mm -hmm. you should be doing. You know that. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And I, I think that's where we have this conflict of. When someone tells you that you're a bad person or that you're this type of person and you know in your heart that you're not, you know that in your heart what they're saying is not true, whatever it may be, that's your gut, that's your intuition, that's your spirit, that's a higher being telling you you're not that person. You're maybe making wrong choices, but you're not that person, right? Mm -hmm. And 
I think that what we feel a lot of the times when we feel disconnected from who we are is we feel the our potential and our potential is telling us that we're meant for more we just can't see where that more is but we've all felt that i mean you know i felt that last week so (laughs) that is not something that will go away but i also think that that's why we're here to experience that i think a lot of the times people assume that we're supposed to be happy all the time and that's not it. We're actually here to experience the wide variety of emotion that mm-hmm. you experience being on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some of this is being, you know, finding out and becoming who I am, but it felt like more of it was stop being who I am not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Put beautifully down. said. We've talked about that a lot in the podcast and use the metaphor of it's almost like like putting down who you are not, it's almost like you realize that you've been wearing all these coats that like aren't really, that you don't want to be wearing. And you're like, what? Whoa, whoa, like it's hot. <laughs> you're like, you're just slowly kind of taking off these coats, like taking off these layers that don't fit you, that are uncomfortable and just kind of getting more and more to that core of of you and that, that kind of lightweight, like nimble version of you where it's all really in alignment. And that, to Ambrosia's point as well, it doesn't mean that there's not bad days or bad times or confusing, you know, it doesn't mean that it's just an upward trajectory forever there, there more. Mm-hmm. But I think when you feel in alignment and in resonance with who you are, what you're about, what you're not about, when those rough times come, which they will, because that's part of life. And if they didn't, that wasn't part of life, it would be a really uninteresting life. Um, you're able to glide through it a lot easier than if you have no idea who you are and you're just reacting, you know, you're just, I think that is, I think that's been, um, a key to like my healing and, um, and I'm curious too, from the 12 step perspective, is that what the goal is or what is the goal of the 12 step program? Hmm. Well, obviously, it's to get you off the substances. Yes, probably. right. Because you're not going to find yourself as long as you're lost in that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and then, uh, you know, I, if I was going to boil it down to that, it's the same thing on what you all are saying. It's it's allowing me a course and a set of guidelines to use to become who I'm supposed to be. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we do talk, you know, it, it's it's anchored on a, a lot of people confuse it and think that, you know, the, the classic spirituality religion conflict uh, that 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 we talk, we use the word God a lot, yeah. but, uh, but I, you know, you're, you're encouraged to find one of your understanding, whatever that is, if that's mm-hmm. your, yourself, if, uh, you know, nature, uh, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea what it is, but I know it's working for me. I, that's all I know. Uh, mm-hmm. and like, I wouldn't even begin to think that I, to, to, to claim that I knew something, but yeah, that probably the bottom line is to enable you to become the, the person, the universe made you to be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, be to the, live your life to the fullest, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. a whole lot of side things. My sponsor and I joke around a bit because whatever happens to be it the moment is what we will say well the best thing about recovery is this and this and this and we've got all these things that are the best but but truly that uh um you know it, it brings together that community i have a wonder uh, my home group is a men's group and we have a wonderful i mean just an awesome group of men that are helping other people and with uh you know we get new guys a constant stream of new guys and there's probably nothing <laughs> 
I don't know if there's anything more fulfilling than to take a guy who is beat down with that, you know, and 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 play that part in his life to where allow him to bloom and and become this completely different person. And I know that for myself mm-hmm. too, because I'm a completely different man than I was nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And I love watching that happen. I love watching the spirit bloom. And and this is a place where I get you'll probably get a lot of that too, where you yeah. get to watch people come in, like I say, they come in kicking their shoestrings. They can't look you in the eye. They're mm-hmm. they think they're pieces of crap. Uh they've really made a mess of their lives. And watching a relatively quick time that all turn around and and then, you know, it gives me a set of operating principles, too, because I always said uh, I never I don't think I was there. I have great parents, so I can't lay a lot of people in addiction recovery stuff uh, don't have that. There's yeah. a lot that don't. Uh, but I do. I, I hit the jackpot in the parent department. But I still fell for the world as traps. And, uh, and, and I feel like I didn't get some, I didn't learn like operating guidelines somehow or another. And they were demonstrated to me. Uh, my dad, my dad lives with me. He's, uh, one of the best guys anybody will ever meet. And, uh, and, but for some reason, I couldn't see that. And, uh, the 12 steps gave me some operating guidelines, some ways to do life, some, uh, uh, structure do here yeah some structure and and you know and also uh, allow me to you know we say improve your conscious contact with uh with God as you understand him so mm-hmm. that's you know and and Bill used the term in there to seek out ver- practitioners of various kinds in that I effort. Like that. Yep. And uh, so that's a pretty big thing. And and I guess one of the cool things about this podcast is I keep on getting to meet these people that are practitioners of various kinds and uh, get to soak up some uh, some of what what you all are bringing to the table. And, and I also get to uh, meet a whole lot of people that are actually being a force for the good in the world, because if you're not looking in the right direction, it looks like the world can look pretty bad. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. I don't know that I, I I'm I, I'm undecided if that's the truth or not. Mm, <laughs> because I, like I keep meeting people like you all. Yeah, hmm. that's that's a nice perspective. I like that perspective. How do you feel? I just want to interview you for a second. How do you feel? Um, I just think it's amazing what you're doing with men because mm-hmm. I I feel like and maybe I'm wrong in this because I'm not a man. But I feel like men aren't allowed to have emotion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're starting an age where men are allowed to have emotion, but they're also now being called soft and they're they're being kind of diminished or being treated as less than because they have emotion, which everybody has. Um, so I guess my question is, I know that for me, I didn't have a great childhood um, and I was angry for a really long time, right? So my question, but under that anger, after doing a lot of therapy is sadness and fear. And so when you are helping men, do you see that anger or do you see fear or how is that normally presented to you? Yeah, well, uh, it's demonstrated in our weekly meetings of people being vulnerable when we get in and we and we share. Yeah. You know, and and our group guys come and they go, I've never been in a meeting like this before. Uh, yeah. Where 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 are more of these kind of meetings? And I'm like, well, I'll go to a lot of meetings around here, and this is yeah. the one where it's like this. But to be able to allow the same kind of as that same thing as earlier is. Uh, 
uh, you'll watch men being themselves and exhibiting whatever motion, emotion happens to be on the table at the moment. Mm. And when we get in this one-on-one uh, relationship, which we uh, sponsor sponsee thing, and and I'm I was coached, you know, on how you know how, how to do that. I was allowed. I was given permission to do that. And and I've learned from a guy who is just a master at this stuff. He's also a addiction. Uh, uh, substance abuse counselor at a local treatment place, but, um, and I try to model what he does. So I get a guy over here and I don't let him get away with trying to put his wall up in front of me, you know, take that mask off in front of me, man. It's just me and you, you can, you know, tell me, tell me how you really feel. You know, how are you? I'm fine. You know, I'm okay. And, uh, you just, it's a practice, right? You don't get it right off the bat. You have to continue to practice that and continually, you know, I'm learning stuff today that there was no way I was in a position to learn when I was one, two, three years sober. Uh, mm. you just keep on doing it, but we do, uh, we do encourage and, and promote that stuff and, uh, of, yeah. of being yourself, allowing your emotions, guys get up and cry right from yeah. 50 other men you know and if you're brand new and you're a dude and you come in there and you see some guy come up there and share and shed tears while he's talking to uh it's 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 a whole new experience yeah um, and that's the way i felt when i first hit that group too uh, i come in there doing the same old dance that i was fine mm-hmm. you know i'm okay i'm okay meanwhile i'm looking at six to 20 years in prison in indiana mm-hmm. and i'm standing here telling these people i'm fine I'm the furthest thing from fine. Uh, I'm facing that prison sentence and I still can't stop. You know, I'm still, I'm out on bail and I still can't stay sober. And, uh, but eventually, you know, one day after those guys demonstrating that stuff and I wasn't an act and it wasn't on purpose and I had no intention of doing it, but I, they ask if anybody has a burning desire at the beginning of meeting something that you really need to talk about. And, and I got up there and told them guys what was really going on with me. And I cried that night. And mm-hmm. the guy who I wanted to be my sponsor, who I was too afraid to ask, mm-hmm. uh, walked straight up to me after that that meeting and said, I want to sponsor you. You know, mm-hmm. this guy I've been looking at for a month or six weeks or something because I hear what he's talking and this, what he's saying is resonating with me. Yeah. But I, I couldn't do it. One reason was I was testing her, telling everybody I was OK. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, he made and it's one of them turning points in life. And when, when I walked out that meeting that night, the the stars were brighter and uh, there was something different. I knew my the trajectory of my life was going to take a big turn if I'd let it. Mm, that's, that's beautiful. Like, do you think that, so did, uh, so sorry, did you have to go to AA meetings like as part of your probation? Nope. Um, I had, I got a DUI when I was 16 was my first one and they mm-hmm. sent me to AA and then I got another one when I was 19 and they sent me to AA again, but I couldn't hear anything. And I didn't remember, you know, I didn't have a problem back then. I got a problem. My problem is I got caught. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, um, I had, I had, uh, started dipping my toe in AA about four years from my current sobriety day. So about 2011, I started dipping my toes in it because my marriage was crashing and I was grasping at straws. Uh, I knew, I knew I had a problem by then, but, but I, I still couldn't let go. Um, so I had had some experience around 12 step recovery. And the way I describe it is, is when I got to that point in uh, summer 2014, when I committed that crime that I got, caught doing mm-hmm. uh, that I, that I, those charges was hanging over me uh, I felt like I was inside of a cardboard box painted black 
I mean, there was no light anywhere, but there was a little pinhole in the corner and it was the 12 steps. And this was really just for me, it was a Hail Mary pass. It was just a, a half court shot. It was try something, you know, yeah. and the fact of the matter was that was the only thing out there that yeah. I could find. That was my only my only choice. And and I say I, I did. I pushed all my chips to the middle of the table and uh, and 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 did it, it to my fullest. And the courts didn't even know I was doing it. Uh, when, wow. when I was in one of my arraignments, uh, my lawyer told me I should go to treatment and uh, it looked good. And when he said that to the judge, he said, Mr. Reeves is going to go to the go is going to enter treatment next week. And he said, I don't care what Mr. Reeves does for if he thinks he needs to go to treatment, he can go to treatment. What I'm here to do is uh, is deal with the crime that he has committed. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they said six to 20 years and I ended up being uh, sentenced to what, what they I was a year of home incarceration, a year of probation. And then the third year was shelved. Wow. Uh, pending successful completion of that. And I did catch a felony Mm -hmm. and uh, that's, that's life changing in itself. But just Mm -hmm. this past spring, uh, the eight years went by and I went through the stuff in the courts and all that and got that expunged. So uh, all that happened. And I know all that happened as a result of me working this program, it would not have happened. There's miracles that happen in the lives when you change this stuff, when you, when, when you take this path, uh, and and I have a list in my telephone. It's my miracle list. It's like a long-term gratitude list of all the cool things that has happened as a result of this. And many of them can't be explained, and most of them wouldn't mean a lot to you, but it meant a lot to me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's that's such a powerful thing to. It, you're such a powerful example. I'm sure, just as I think you shared that others were examples to you. I think nothing is more powerful than seeing someone else who you identify with do it, you know? And so I'm sure when you encounter these men who, like you said, have all these walls up, it's, they're able to see in you at some point, your success and your ability to move forward. And I'm sure they, maybe before meeting you, they don't even know, like you said, you're in that black box. You don't even know if there's a way forward at all. And that's why I think it's so important that there are people like you, people who are doing, who are working on themselves intently and trying to find a way forward because those people not only are bettering their lives as you have, and it's an amazing story, but you're also like a way shower for others and Mm -hmm. carrying the message. Absolutely. And do you, I also had a question for you. I was like, we're just saying, I could be on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please do because we have a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, do you, when, are there people who come in? Because I know a part of the 12. So, so my dad was an alcoholic before I was born. He's been sober since I was born, but I do know a bit about the 12 step program. And I know one part of it is uh, like acknowledging that there is a higher power. Right. And I'm curious, do people ever come into the program and are just like heavily resistant to acknowledging that in any way? And it's probably the biggest hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. Because why? Well, one thing is, is they, they're the God they're thinking of ain't the God we're talking about. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, we truly do mean this and, 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 and I don't know if I 
didn't believe when I got here. You know, uh, it wasn't that I like rejected it in whole, but I rejected a lot of it. Uh, you know, there was a lot of messages being sent to me that my inner child, my my higher, my inner self rejected, you know, so it was yeah. tough to hear some of these messages that I was getting taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, set up a lot of set up a lot of boundary, a lot of walls up from being acceptable to that. But, you know, my, my sponsor kind of, you know, told me what to do. Mm. <laughs> he suggested these things in a very nice way, but I know that it was, you know, if you want this, here's what you will do. Yeah. And I started getting up and asking a power, something I didn't understand for help every morning. And that was one of the things that he said, you know, that was a requirement for me to do. And it's the same thing I do now. And if you don't know how to pray here, I got a prayer right here. You can say, yeah. uh, and for the longest time, you know what I did? I taped this and typed out, printed out prayer to my dresser next to my bed mm-hmm. because I would forget to do that. Mm-hmm. And I just, and, and all I did was grabbed it off there and read it every morning. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, oh. you know, it wasn't, I wasn't getting on my knees. I wasn't yeah. Yeah. at an altar. I wasn't uh, doing any of that. I was just asking the universe for help and trying to mean it. And yeah. I did, you know, that, that, that those charges were really beneficial to me. Yeah. Uh, they made me need to do something. I did yeah. not want to, I don't think I'm prison material. Uh, yeah. I, I did I not that. want to go there. So it was again, a Hail Mary, but yeah, it's probably the biggest, it's probably the biggest block coming and we don't do it right off the bat. There's the yeah. steps are a beautifully, uh, I would almost say maybe the best personal development program because it is step 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 and uh and and you just do it and every time it's like a human washing machine if you will do (laughs) what i ask you to do um because i can say this a man said this to me and i say it quite often uh he's looked at me when 2011 when i first stuck my toes in 12-step recovery in aa he said uh if you got this thing called alcoholism this thing that i got I guarantee you that if you will work these steps and practice these principles in your daily life, your life's going to get a whole lot better. He guaranteed me. Of course, my mind went into There's no guarantees, but death and taxes. Don't give me that bull crap. (laughs) Uh, But I sat there and listened to him and nodded. And, uh, and, but he also said something else. He goes, but I guarantee you, if you have this thing called alcoholism, this thing I got, and you don't work these steps and you don't practice these principles, your life's going to get a whole lot effing worse. Yeah. Abbreviate it. Uh, yeah. And he was right. See, he had a crystal ball. Uh, four years later, <laughs> my wife was in the toilet, man. Yeah. And, uh, today, I say the same thing. I guarantee you that if you'll do this stuff, because it has all these elements and we don't jump into God out of the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about this thing like it's a disease and understanding that we've got a problem, because if you don't mm-hmm. think you've got a problem, you're not going to fix anything. 100%. And, uh, and, and a few months, you know, after about six weeks, the way we do it, then we'll get into talking about let's turn, you know, we have a third step that says we're going to turn our or make a decision to turn mm-hmm. our will and life over to care of God as we understand them. And then that's still not doing it. That's just making a decision. And I'm going to start acting this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what are the momentum builds because your life starts getting better and something is working and you know, yeah. well, why not stick with it? Now, did your dad continue to participate in AA or did, cause some people just get sober and they, and they, <laughs> they just go on with their lives and then other people get sober like me. And then I spend most of my life's energy in, in, 12-step recovery yeah it's kind of been in and out throughout my lifetime like some i remember he was kind of more in it at times when i was younger and then he would kind of come out again and now he does like another form of like a group therapy and i don't think he goes to AA as much but uh, i mean when i was in my late teens and in college he took me to a couple of 
he, he asked me to come to a couple of meetings with him then. So I know he was going then. And he also brought me to like an Al-Anon meeting. Um, and yeah, I mean, and this is before I was into any form of spirituality, like my spiritual connection, awaken, whatever you want to call it really happened about, uh, like six to eight years ago. I don't know. I'm so bad with the count now, but within the last decade. And before that I was not, I was like, God, or I didn't, I was very averse, you know? And I think that's probably because I just wasn't ready to meet myself truly yet. There were so many masks and walls and things I was using to distract myself that I just, I don't know, that wasn't of interest to me. But you then you had to hit a bottom of some sort, just like it, we do. You had to come to some what, spot where you really had to make it. You had to turn left or right. You could not continue exactly. to go straight anymore. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, and in a way, and in a way, that's even though it's everyone can probably tell you a similar story about their moment, like you, like you did, where you hit your bottom and you're like, oh my god, like things have to change, and it becomes so clear. Even though it's probably such a hard moment in your life, it also, when I look back at it, I'm like, man, the, what a relieving moment that there was only that one option. It was like so clear what you had to do. You know, it was so wow. clear this new way you kind of had to start thinking, and. um, I, I just, I think it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know the relief that comes with the simplicity in a way sometimes. Um, but I, I also, I wanted to ask you, why do you think it is that that is the piece, not, not why do you think it is that that's the hardest piece, the surrendering to a higher power, but why is that the piece that starts to change things? Do you think? Hmm. That's a good question. It is in parallel with this deal on uh, going with the flow of life and allowing the universe to guide me. And that, you know, that goes with getting in touch with my intuition. It's me stopping running the show. I'm no longer in charge. When I do, you know, when I bullhead my way through things, they don't go too well. And I have been, I have been running my own show for a long time and that surrender to the universe, uh, allowing myself to get into the stream of life rather than swimming upstream. Uh, You know, you don't know you're swimming upstream. You don't think you are, uh, but jumping in that and allowing, allowing the universe to guide you. That's probably more in line with what this third step in our use of higher power is more as much as anything. It is. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm no longer running the show. Mm-hmm. Some of that, you know, as comes in a yeah. form, if I'm going to make it and I ask my guys, but you're going to make any major decisions or, you know, if you're making some decisions in your life, talk to me about it. It's not because I know, but because I think. The universe shines on this sponsor sponsor relationship. And when yeah. I talk to my sponsor about things, I make a higher quality decision on what I'm going to do uh, when I'm when I'm no longer running the show. You know, I'm letting somebody else in and, yeah. and asking for that advice. That's a good question, though. I hadn't really actually gave it thought like that. And I do yeah. like it. I get 12 step guys in here and we beat these concepts up until they're uh, <laughs> it's just so cool and it's fun. And so. Yeah, so this is the third time someone has suggested to me to in two days to let the universe decide, let God and just relax, stop trying to control everything. I think that's another way that God, the universe works is through human interaction too. Mm -hmm. If you hear the same message over and over and over, that is a sign for you. That is something to pay attention to and listen. So when you started saying that, I was like, all right. 
I am listening. I will do my best to let go of control. So I do a little thing when I hear something and and I don't know where it comes from, you know, it'll be something, you know, and I okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like reluctantly, oh fine. Yeah. Yeah, because you because sometimes you can know what's best, but it doesn't mean it's easy to do what's best, or doesn't mean you don't have resistance or annoyance about it, you know. We're all got a self-serving nature. It's just part of the human condition, you know. If it's gonna be something that's gonna disrupt my lifestyle i don't want to do that or if it's going to be hard i don't want to do that and yeah. i think that's kind of the same energy that 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 uh that uh resists that higher power kind of mentality uh you know i i can do it you know yeah. i've been talking i can do it if i just work hard enough and set my mind and i put enough mm-hmm. time into it i can do this by myself and that's mm-hmm. not right I which can. is mm-hmm. harder and yeah, it exhausting is. Yep. That's the little one. My favorite. I pick up 12 step recovery has so many great lines, little one liners and little sayings. I don't think there's anything that's got any more of them. But one of the things was, is uh, I couldn't get sober, but we can, you mm. know, together we can. Yeah. And, and as long as I'm standing out there on that island by myself, I'm never going to do it. I can't. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Be- because I, I mean, I know personally, when I'm, when I feel alone, that is when all my vices come out. Every, everything that I know is not healthy for me to do. I go right back to it every time. And I'm now in my, what, 36, my 36 year of life, starting to finally slowly realize, oh, I need to push outside my comfort zone and call someone up and be like, Hey, I want to hang out. I need to do the thing that is uncomfortable and I need to connect because that's what I'm trying to do with my vices. I'm just trying Mm -hmm. to feel, uh, feel connected in some way, but it never, it's like a momentary second of connection and then it's gone. And then I feel even lonelier and emptier than ever. So it's like, I feel like it, it really, even when you know what to do, like we just said, it can take so long to slow down that pattern like that groove that you automatically go in, it can take a while to recognize, oh, I'm doing it again. And now I have to very intentionally move myself off of that, which takes some energy and takes some intention and go do this thing that isn't natural to me. It isn't in the groove, but I know that it is what I need. And um, yeah. And of course, correcting. It's the yeah, same it's as correcting. walking down the road. You can't hold the steering wheel straight and go anywhere. You have to constantly, if you're sailing a boat, you can't go from point A to B. You have to be going back and forth. And yeah, uh, one of the things I picked up on, uh, I'm a, I went to yoga teacher training a few years ago too. So yeah. I never, you know, outside of my comfort zone, you told me I was going to do that. I'd punch you in the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Are you calling me a sissy or what? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but they talk about uh, my true North alignment. You know, and some of that comes into poses and your p- posture and stuff like that. But it also comes into watching my compass needle. Mm. And I'm going to my true north. It won't be the same as yours. It's not yes. like a compass. Or if we had three compasses, they'd all be pointing the same direction. But these compasses don't necessarily. So I got to be watching that yeah. and making the corrections to get back in alignment. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So what do kind you- of other things are you guys doing? Like, oh. uh, do you see something about a retreat or some other things? that yes. are? How are so- you all? 
pull because you're doing the same thing, you know, and that's the other yeah. thing. I see yeah. uh, 12 square step recovery is just a mo- modality of this same thing mm-hmm. uh, as everybody else is doing. Uh, it's bringing people together, getting like-minded folks that give each other permission to be themselves and mm-hmm. to lean on uh, as we just to our compasses. Yeah. So um, we host retreats for women and we are hosting our next retreat in October 12th through the 15th of this year um, in Virginia Beach. And what we're focusing on is going back to yourself, going back to who you truly are, which is everything that we've been talking about. So lines up perfectly, of course. Um, But we do different ways of, of, doing that, you know, we tap into our intuition because that's what we do. And we teach you how to take that gut feeling home with you and how to listen to your body when your body feels a no, as compared to when your body feels a yes. Um, It's on the beach. So we're probably going to do some, the beach is so cleansing. The beach is so good for like letting go of um, memories, letting go of energy, letting go of things that you don't want to hold on to you anymore. Um, and then we're going to do my favorite thing, which is screaming. Um, <laughs> and I think that that's, it's for a couple reasons, but I think that in our society, we're told uh, to be quiet, to sit still, not, not to make too many waves. And so screaming really kind of goes against all of that. And whether you're a man or a woman, it's really uncomfortable to scream for the first time when someone gives you permission you're not angry you're just okay go ahead and scream there's a lot of emotion that comes up because you're like oh i don't i don't want to be seen or be loud or anything like that but actually letting your light shine and being seen is why we're here yeah i love that that's what uh i have a i run a men's retreat that came organically myself and uh you so should i'm glad you do that middle of the woods and we go just like the beach there's something cleansing about being out there in nature like that, you know, being yeah. the, 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 you know, those waves are a power greater than you. You're not yeah. going to stop them. You know, you mm-hmm. get to witness that. And, uh, yeah. we did, a, I was getting to, uh, get in touch with your inner warrior, you know, mm-hmm. and masculine side. And we yelled and we would, and I had them doing warrior yells and by the end of it. I'm like on Sunday when I'm doing the, it, the talk on Sunday, I can't hardly talk. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Wow. But that's really cool. I love that. Mm. That is uh, so much in alignment. I just love it. It's kind of like the universe giving you, uh, when you talk to people like this, there's an affirmation that happens, you know, because yes. uh, we're doing the same thing and there's no way we would be doing the same thing if it wasn't the right thing. <laughs> yeah. And what you're doing is, is so important because I do think there is a lack of this in the male community and, you know, went retreats, especially for women, I feel like it's almost become trendy. You know, it's just, it's like, Oh, let's go on a retreat. Let's go on a retreat because we have permission as women to talk about our feelings and do this inner Mm -hmm. work and all of that. And so I love when I see that men are holding men retreats and are creating a space where like you said, you can kind of cut the bullshit and just like really get in touch with what uh, what you guys are feeling. Because like Ambie said before, I don't think there's a lot of space right now um, or there hasn't been historically for men to talk about their feelings or share with share what's going on with them. And I know that I'm sure the men that come out of your retreats are much more tapped in with their 
um, like they're healed masculine, you know, they're empowered masculine rather than like the wounded masculine and acting out of that healed masculinity is so supportive to femininity, to women and to like the, the feminine aspects on our planet. So that's just so beautiful. And I did want to add too that, um, another part of our retreats in addition to like doing the healing as well and connecting with nature and all of that is also just simply being together and having fun mm-hmm. and i think you know ambrosia and i are both moms and as you get older as a woman you become a mom a lot of times sometimes you don't and but you just become more isolated and you become more serious and you become more so much comes before you, you know, and mm-hmm. think that um, there's just so many women we've talked to who they can't even remember the last time they left their house. They can't even remember the last time they took a trip. They so many things they want to do, but they don't feel empowered to ask to be away from their children. <laughs> like, or they're afraid I'm, to be away from their families. Yeah, you know, they're they're worried that everything's going to fall apart when they leave. And I think that that's and part will. of they'll let it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be okay. That's part of the problem is that we all have this narrative of if I don't juggle all of these balls in the air, everything's going to fall. And it's like, well, yeah, but you can't keep going mm-hmm. at that rate. You can't learn a new way if you don't you're let them going fall. to fall eventually. Yeah, you're in that, that other thing, what you end up trying to pour from an empty cup too, because mm-hmm. you exhausted yourself and you're then yeah. you're going to try to you know, nourish these children's lives with an empty cup. And you've got to give yourself permission to go take care of yourself. 100%. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's another big part of it is in addition to all the really fun, intuitive woo stuff we do and all of the healing things we do and the experiences we have. The other part of it is just being together and getting outside your comfort zone and taking, and even just the act of saying, I'm going to do this for myself. I'm going to take these three days you know, our retreats are like three to four days. I'm going to take this time and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to be so recharged, you know? Um, so that's really important to us to provide spaces where that can happen and, um, and to create connections and have these women walk away being friends and having people they can talk to and call. And like, that's just, like we said, it's just, I think you, you lose friendship as you grow older a lot of the time. And it's just, it's, I think, what do they say? Loneliness is like the most deadly epidemic. And I think that's so true because like we said earlier, you go back to all your vices, you, you kind of turn into your worst self when you have no one to connect with. And so yeah, retreats are really important to us. And um, it's really nice to meet someone else who who values them in the same way and is doing the same thing. Yeah, you know, one a little another funny cliche. I I hear this more often than I want to, but people say, you know, they they will they will reason themselves out of doing stuff because they've got a lot going on. You yeah, know, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, make, I make these little wooden chips. I'm a woodworker. I got wood chop in my backyard, and mm. uh, I was in corporate America, and that's a whole other thing. And the universe plucked me out of there, and now I'm self-employed doing my own thing. Congrats. But one of the little chips says, uh, "I have a lot going on," and it's a pop out. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah, you do, but you still got to you got to figure out you got to find some way to uh, pry this self-care stuff and take care of you. Uh, you have to. Yeah. Um, You're yeah. always going to have a lot going on. You always are. Yeah. And, yeah. and honestly, 
you don't have any more anybody else that's going on either yeah, yeah. Like these guys showed up this weekend yeah. you know yeah <laughs> there's a bond that happens between the men that come and the men that don't uh and people who yeah. give themselves permission to come and even to the point that some people say they're going to come and they cannot get there for some yeah reason. we've had that happen be, you know there's no shows yeah yep. they talk to them they got this big list of excuses about why they couldn't you mm-hmm. know like, like one yeah. excuse would have been more believable than five. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i used yeah, to be really uh i used to be really invested if people didn't come i'd be like oh god what, 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 what. and now i'm just like, you would take right. it personally i would take it personally like why aren't we good enough that they want to come right uh, they said they would come, they paid all this money and now they don't want to come. And now I'm to the point of like, well, that's their stuff. That has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My place doesn't have any cell phone coverage. And I really, that's one of the things oh. I love about it. Yeah. Yeah. To check out, but it's, it's out in the middle of the boonies. And, uh, yeah. and sometimes I have to run up to the top of the hill and call some people because yeah. they're riding around lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I yeah. guide them in. Yeah. Um, and it's uh but I, I understand that feeling of that because I put mine on. I mean, it, it's it was I was putting myself out there and and owning more of it than I should have to for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's think hard when you create something from your heart and people are like, no, thanks. It's like, oh, ah, yeah. OK, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, why? It's also kind of like you can feel when you're supposed to do something, kind of like when it's flowing through you from the universe. And I feel like when you first start that, though, it doesn't mean it's going to be what it turns into. You know, it kind of can start off very small and then it grows and grows and grows. But like, I think you can always feel when it's like, wait, no, there should be so many more people here, but it's your first one ever. So it feels almost, you have to like fight that mental, like something's wrong or I'm not doing it right. You have to fight that to be able to let the process unfold. And I feel like that's another thing as of humans are so impatient. We like can't let the process unfold. While we jump to pills and other stuff to fix us, we want that solution. Now, you know, I don't want to put in the time and the work that it takes to get the real solution. I want to pop a pill. I want to. Exactly. Something fast. Yeah. Also, you just reminded me of a quote that I really love when you were talking about um, like the bond that's formed by the people who choose to come and versus the people who don't. It's like uh, the quote is when you aren't vulnerable, there's a lot less pain, but there's also a lot less love. Like you cannot selectively block out feelings. You can't be like, well, I I don't want, I'm not going to feel any pain, but give me the love though. It's like, no, you're just saying, I don't want to feel, you know? So something to keep in mind. Renee Brown says something similar where she says, if you numb the pain, you also numb the opposite of that. You you numb the love and all that. You can't do, you don't get to do both or you don't get to do one. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. what else you want to talk about? Tell talk about your podcast for just a second, and then because uh, I know we're running yeah. short on time, but people, I have a female <laughs> contingency. We have a wonderful group of in this twelve step spiritual recovery. The women's group is just really powerful. They're getting ready to have their retreat in October. Nice. As well. and, uh, nice. October is a good month for it. Yeah, we have. Um, yeah, just about our podcast. We have uh, so many episodes. Um, if you're into personal development 
spirituality, or if you're into some of the more woo-woo things, um, we love to use our intuition to do uh, really fun things like readings and some mediumship stuff. So if that's what you're into, you can find that on our podcast, but that's not all our podcast is. A lot of it is about sharing vulnerably, like what we're going through and and what our lives are like and how even when you can feel what the right thing is to do, it's still really hard to do it. And all of that, um, we had and, a, uh, I'm going to jump in. We yeah. had an attachment, uh, therapist attachment styles. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's basically goals over how you relate to people and how you can change that relationship with your children and different people that are important in your life. Um, we had a relationship, uh, expert, several relationship experts on the podcast. So lots of mental health stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and another thing, you know, you're, you, you, it's, I find it rare that like both sets of a couple are on the same growth trajectory and there's yeah. a, oh my gosh. she is doing this and he ain't doing nothing or vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to manage that. Yeah. It's hard. Relationships are so hard and they're your biggest teachers as well. So it's, it's, uh, they're so complicated and so layered and it's already so complicated to sort yourself out and your own what you are about and then you have another person who you're so intimately connected with who you're trying to sort their stuff it's you know so yeah we we bring on as as much relationship stuff as we can find not even just romantic though like friendship children yeah work Um, we say finances and romances those are our (laughs) we're getting our money what we're doing with our money all jobs and all Mm -hmm. that yeah our romances, our our primary relationship. Those is where those are the two places the trouble comes from. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, and then if if you want to dive deeper into your intuition, um, we do have an intuition course and community, um, and that's called Super Bloom. But you know, you can hear about we like it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but you can hear about all of that on the podcast, or if you want to check us out, uh, you can go to innerbloompodcast.com or innerbloompodcast on any social. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of the pitch. Cool. <laughs> that's it. I think it's like I said, I just love bumping into these people that are playing a force for the good in the world. Uh, we can't have enough of that. And I truly do believe, just like in the movies, the good will prevail. Mm, uh, absolutely. And I just believe that. I do too. Thank it's you. A nice perspective. Right. I like that. It's been really nice to talk with you and meet you and c- keep doing what you're doing. It's so you inspiring. Well. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Uh, right. Enjoy the rest of your day. You okay. too. Thank you so much, you Dan. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. If you're not having a blast in your recovery, you're not doing it right. And thank you for allowing me to participate in my recovery in this manner today. Peace out.